Check my statistics If we talking about go, You gotta give me a mention This is rational hour If we being realistic This is rational They said I couldn't do it But I did it work Ethic like mom But you know that boy is a problem Tell me when to get him Then I got him This is rational hour I'm just keeping it a honey This is rational hour Everything you doing I done done it Welcome to the Rational Hour with Ryan, where we talk sports. Today, I have a very special guest in the building, Mr. Kevin Klein. How you doing, sir? What's going on, Ryan? I'm doing good. This is one of my favorite times of the year where we got MLB spring training and NBA basketball in its rhythm of the season, so I'm excited. Yes, sir. I am too, man. It's 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 finally got where spring training is rolling. We're all happy with pitchers and catchers reported now. It's official, and we actually got some fans going to games. It's just beautiful, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you, man. It's it's here. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's just dive right into it, man. Uh, the Angels uh, have a lot of expectations. They're both, you know, we're in the LA market. Angels, Dodgers are big in the LA market, so Dodgers are the defending champs. Uh, Angels have been the, the, the little brother. Uh, are they going to be the same Angels of the past? Or are they better than advertised? Yeah, it's interesting looking at the Angels roster this go around. You know, one thing that jumps off the page to, to me is that the American League West is weaker than in years past. The Astros and the Athletics appear to be taking a step back. But since we're on the subject of the angels, it doesn't really look like they're trying to seize the opportunity. This was a big year for them to maybe go after big pitching. I know Trevor Bauer was someone a lot of angels fans wanted. Unfortunately that didn't work out. Instead, they acquired a couple band-aids to say the least Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb. So I do have some questions regarding their pitching, which we probably will dive into a little more, but their offense is certainly loaded. You know, Anthony Rendon had a great first season with the Angels. Um, David Fletcher, I love his bat as well. Joe Adele, waiting to see him burst on the seeds. But of course, with you, when you have Mike Trout as your juggernaut in that offense, you certainly have to take them serious. Yeah, I mean, there's, they're one of those teams that are kind of, you don't know. They kind of have some very interesting pieces like Otani. Their rotation has potential like Griffin Canning. Can he ever take the next step in his career? I think uh, Dylan Bundy is is showing some flashes of greatness. Can he sustain it is the key. Uh, Griffin Canning, Shohei Otani, Dylan Bundy. And then they also, um, they're still looking at a big another free agent possibly. I think Jake Odorizzi, I think if they could add a player like him, that could give them a, a really big lift as far as their team with their pitching. They, that's the real kind of Achilles heel, which has been the case for the Angels from the past uh, couple seasons. So um, with that, uh, do you think they will sign Jake or do you think he could go? Because he's been linked to the Angels, Phillies, and Cardinals. 
Yeah, it's interesting what Jake Odorizzi is doing. He is very set on not just taking what's thrown at thrown his way. He basically was reported in the Athletic just the other day. You know, he's kind of looking at guys in the past like Kyle Loesch. I know a throwback name, but he signed a three-year, thirty-three million dollar deal a number of years ago. And Odorizzi is essentially betting on his value as well. He's just kind of waiting around no eagerness because he knows that there are teams out there like the angels who are definitely a starter short from being legitimate contenders in their division. And he knows that a team is probably going to want to use his arm because he is a proven talent. And I think he does deserve a multi-year contract. Well, this be pools is last year. There's talk that he's pretty much primarily going to be the DH and Jared Walsh will take over at first. Walsh finished the season strong, batting 337. Uh, what do you make of Pujols? Is he just kind of teetering on, or do you think he may have something left? I think Walsh is going to be so good, and I want to see him in the lineup on a consistent basis. He's only 23, maybe 24, and yeah, you said it. He's going to be a force for years to come. But Albert Pujols, he's 41 now, and he has not been looking good the last few seasons. He's already achieved all the milestones that he really needs to as a hitter. He's no doubt about it, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I do think this is going to be his last season only because I think he kind of forgets 162 games is a very long season and he's been really struggling to stay healthy, make it through. And I just don't see how any team unless the Cardinals want to give him like a one year farewell tour. I don't see how any team would want him. Yeah, the Angels, uh, I think, are Madden's doing the right thing. He loves Walsh. I think it's pretty much his time now, and Pujols will be DH, and I think he can get some pops out there. Possibly give him 20 home runs. We'll see, but uh, yeah, I think this is the right move, moving him off of first. The big key for the Angels to me is Otani. Uh, there was talks that he actually topped off uh, 97 in spring training. Uh, this past weekend, and he's been looking good. They said he's, he's, he's changed his stance. He's back to where his knee is comfortable. He's had, uh, you know, his knee has been an issue for him the last two years. Uh, what do you think of Otani? Do you think he'll turn the corner and be what he was expected to be in his career? I'm really excited to see Otani pitch this season. In 2018, when he came on into the American scene, I know he made 10 starts, and he just blew past all the hitters he faced. I think he finished with an ERA in the low threes. Obviously, he won Rookie of the Year as well. What the Angels really need to do, though, is be careful. Do not push this guy too hard. He's already had the Tommy John surgery. You do not want him to get hurt again. So I think they need to do all they can to limit his starts. Maybe 20 starts tops just because it's not really worth it. You still have him for a number of seasons, and we know he can get it done with the bat. So I, I want to see how he ba- bounces back on the offense as well. Because, yeah, Otani has the potential to be a star in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I agree. I think he just has to stay healthy. I think he's starting to get – he has a, some injuries that have really been uh, kind of hindering his career. And if he can get healthy and get to full strength it's and, and get to where he wants to be a pitcher and a hitter, it, it's going to change the game. I mean, we've never seen – they say he can hit as hard as Aaron Judge and throw as hard as 
uh, Gary Cole. I mean, you just don't see that type of, of player. So, I mean, that's just a rare, unique – it's like a unicorn, yeah. man. You just don't see those things. Yeah, I love that you, you dropped the unicorn reference. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a rare thing. The Bay Ruth of Japan was this this whole thing when it came down to the states, right? It was. Now going down the five to the Dodgers, man. I know they're in uh, Arizona now, but Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, his contract is coming to an end. He says he wants to pitch a few more years. He he's, says he has no intention of hanging up his cleats. Uh, he turns thirty three this month, I believe. How much does Kershaw have left, and do you see him get an extension from the Dodgers? Kershaw still has plenty left in the tank, at least physically. You know, the one thing that has always hindered his career is the back. It's just every season something with that back flares up, and that's what's kind of limited him from making 33 starts every season. But, I mean, the velocity ticked up last season. His slider looked as great as it's been over the last four or five years. And he was finally healthy in 2020. I know he did get scratched a couple starts due to the back, of course. But, um, you know, I I think, as you said, he's going to be 33, which is still relatively young. I know he did start in the majors at a young age. I think this is now going to be his fourth season. But in terms of an extension... I'm not quite sure. Uh, I would love for the Dodgers to make him a lifelong player, but he's going to make his first spring training appearance on Friday, March 5th. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out on. But if he has a great 2021 season, I know he says that he wants to be a Dodger for life, but at the same time, he is also a Texas native. So the Texas Rangers are someone that's probably monitoring him very closely and if they do not come to terms with an extension then Kershaw yeah he'll be a free agent and I expect a lot of teams to be putting in heavy bids on Kershaw I mean why wouldn't you he's the greatest pitcher of our generation and just from a marketability standpoint what a great way to draw in fans once again so Kershaw we could be seeing him getting offered massive contracts from a a lot of teams but at the same time, it seems like Kershaw is pretty content with the amount of money he's already accumulated over the course of his career. So you just never know. But this is, I, I fully expect Kershaw to get offered at least one more big contract because he is still that good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if the Dodgers don't, someone will. I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, let's face it, they have so much talent. I mean, it's, I mean, they got Trevor Bauer as a huge addition uh, um, in the witching hours of the night. Everyone thought he was going to New York, uh, you know, to go along with that rotation with guys like Walker, Bueller. Um, I just think, you know, they have so many young guns. I mean, you think of Kershaw to add with Dustin May, and then they have Price coming back off the year rest. Um, how big was the signing of Bauer, and how good can these <laughs> Dodgers be? It's funny because the Dodgers didn't need Trevor Bauer. But they wanted the general, the sorry, the president of operations, Andrew Friedman, did want Trevor Bauer. He admitted that was actually one of his first big goals heading into this offseason was to sign Bauer potentially. He just didn't think it was a realistic option. But then once Bauer kind of made it clear he was not looking for a long term contract, instead, he just wanted like the big 
annual salary over a short-term deal. That was like a match made in heaven for the Dodgers because that's what they love to do with players. Uh, how big will he be with the Dodgers? I, I think it's huge because last season, though we do get David Price this year, when we were in the postseason, we were kind of struggling to find that fourth starter. We had openers. We were pulling guys after one inning. We saw a number of bullpen games. Now you have Trevor Bauer into this rotation. You fully expect him to be healthy. He's not had a history with injuries. So he could probably give you close to 200 innings. That's huge. That means you're not using your bullpen as often. So that keeps those arms fresh. And you just never know if an injury happens with someone else. So in terms of how this makes the Dodgers look overall, I think they're the clear favorites in the National League. Now, obviously, you have to play the game because anything can happen. That's what's so great about baseball. But on paper, they have the best rotation by far. And overall, I think this team is going to easily top 100 wins. And they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think they're a dynasty in the making. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I see it. I think the Dodgers have so much talent. There's a little bit of the only concern I see is where they're going to play guys and if guys get unhappy with playing time because they have that much depth. I mean, Kike left, uh, that'll help, you know, free up the outfield. The only question to me is, it, will Cody Bellinger come back fully healthy with the shoulder? Um, do you see that being an issue at all? Do you see him getting back to full strength right away? Or you think it takes some time and it may go into the summer? Anytime a player gets shoulder surgery, I'm always a little bit concerned. I saw it firsthand with Matt Kemp a few years ago. It took him basically a full season to get right. I've also heard the same thing with Hanley Ramirez, as well as other players. Just something mentally about having your shoulder, I guess, essentially get torn apart and put back together. It just throws something off with these guys. But Cody Bellinger's still really young. So far, he sounded really confident with how his progress has been going. Seems like the coaching staff is very positive, too, about this. So, so far, they're all saying the surgery is nothing to be concerned about, and he's right on track to be playing by opening day. He has not appeared yet in a spring training game, so that's certainly something interesting. So we'll see when he's able to crack the lineup. So... Me, personally, I am a little bit concerned. I think it'll take him a couple months to get going. But he is still a really young player, and he should bounce back just fine. So I don't think it's something to be concerned about in the long run. Now, one question I have with the Dodgers is in the infield. Gavin Lux has been seeing time at second base and shortstop. And there's talks of him starting at second are possibly Chris Taylor. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, that's been one of the biggest discussions so far this entire offseason. You know, Gavin Lux has looked really good so far in spring training. I know it's only been a very small sample size, but it looks like he's changed his batting stance a little bit. He's looking way more disciplined at the plate. I think he just kind of got messed with last season just due to the COVID on and off situation. And he actually had COVID himself, so who knows how that affected him. But I think mentally, his head is right again. And there's a reason this guy is regarded as one of the best prospects in baseball. I expect him to be the everyday second baseman at some point this season. Maybe not 
the first couple months because Chris Taylor is also a good player and has earned it in his own right. But if Gavin Lux can prove that he can hit lefties on a consistent basis because the Dodgers are just known for loving their platoon matchups, then you got to make Lux the everyday man because the ceiling with him is just through the roof. And it's nice to have Chris Taylor in your back pocket, an established veteran at this point, who can also just play all over the baseball field. So it's a nice luxury to have. Yeah, he's he's been really the guy that's been the kind of name that's been out there as far as the next star for the Dodgers. And it just hasn't happened yet. I think he's just has to show it. He showed up late for camp last year and then he's had issues. So I, I wonder, you know, how he will do if he does get a shot. But I think he is. If not, then you have that insurance policy in Chris Taylor. Yeah. Now, let, let's let's go back down the five to San Diego. Uh, you know, in 2020, they were that young, hot team. You know, they finished the shortened season, 37 and 23. They added Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish. Uh, they've been kind of coined Slam Diego with, you know, Manny Manchado, Eric Hausmer, uh, and Fernando Tatis, Will Meyer. Can the Padres possibly oversee the Dodgers? <laughs> I love that you dropped the driving down the I-5 reference. I definitely love going to Petco Park. It's a, I think it's a beautiful baseball stadium. It's definitely worth checking out if you guys yeah, haven't been to it. But this Padres team is no joke. Like last season, they were still a pretty good team. And then what does AJ Preller decide to do? He just makes a flurry of offseason trades and signings. So clearly he wasn't content either. He was going all in. I think this Padres team is the second best team in the National League maybe top three or four in all of baseball. Uh, they have a really good starting pitching staff wow. with Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell and Musgrove. And then, of course, if Mackenzie Gore can get going as a top-tier prospect, love that as well. Bullpen, I'm not entirely sure about just yet. But will they beat the Dodgers or win the division? I don't think so just yet. you got to prove it to me. They didn't beat the Dodgers in a single series last season. They got swept in the NLDS. So let's see how they do first, if they can even beat the Dodgers in a regular season series before we start talking about them overtaking the Dodgers as the kings of the NL West. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the, you know, one of those things where you see them coming, but, you know, the Dodgers are so good. It's almost like back in the day when the, the Lakers were so good when Shaq and Kobe and the Kings had that team with the Chris Webber and Stojakovic. And uh, was it uh, uh, or yeah, they just Mike had Bibby. a good team, you know, Doug Christie, yeah, yeah, all those guys, but they didn't have the superstars that the Padres have, but they were, you know, people were coining the Kings, you know, the greatest show on the court, whatever, but the, they never had enough to beat the Lakers. That's what this kind of reminds me of, but I, I don't know, I really like the Padres, I don't think they have enough to beat the, the Dodgers, but I think it's going to be some great battles. I mean, they have this type of team, and, and the, the Dodgers division will, will have some, some really good matchups. Um, the one guy that's been in the news before spring training started was um, young 22-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr., the shortstop man. He had a, a big contract signing with a 14-year, $340 million contract extension. Uh, the third largest in, in MLB history behind Betts and Trout. 
Uh, what does this mean for the Padres, and how much does this mean for the you know, baseball in general? Yeah, it was a really interesting extension because they still had a lot of years of control left on Tatis Jr.'s contract, but I think they're sending a clear message in in a good way to not only their fans but maybe their rivals as well. Like, we're going for it, baby. So they're paying their superstar. They're making him happy. 14 years is a long time to lock up a player. If something, I hope not, but if something bad were to happen to him injury-wise that just were to really hamper his career, then was it worth it? Then I don't know, probably not. So it's definitely a risky signing, but it's one of those things that if it works out for them, then it was a brilliant move because in the long term, they're saving, they're actually saving money. So that's always huge, but... Yeah, I think it's good. I love seeing teams go for it just because there's been a lot of teams, especially these last couple seasons that are just being complacent, not spending money, letting stars walk, not caring. So at least out here in California, we have about we got three, maybe four teams that are at least somewhat in contention. How good can he be? Do you think he is a generational talent? I mean, he's only 22, but what is the peak with Tatis? Yeah, that one's tough to answer because we just have not seen enough of him yet. Overall, he's probably played about a season's worth, but I think his ceiling is Hall of Fame, potentially. I think he could get there. Will he be better than, like, Mike Trout? Absolutely not. Uh... But I, I think he could be a top five player for the next 10 years or so. I think he has it in him. Just, the bat speed is there. Defensively, he's pretty solid. He, obviously, he brings a lot of energy to the table. So the marketability is there. So top five, you know, I think I think he's pretty close with Corey Seager. I know some people will disagree with that, but I think they're pretty close right now in talent. Yeah. Uh, he's 22. That's all. Like he's just scratching the surface, and he showed some just brilliant play. I mean, it's his bat speed. Uh, he's he's speed on the bags. He's a good player. I think that's a a huge commitment to a, a player like him. And uh, he has good lineage. His dad was a good player, and uh, he seems like he can be even better. Um, I, I give uh, the Padres a lot of credit. They're they're going for it, like you said. Now, Kevin, man, let's let's go up to the big trade that happened after that. Um, Nolan Oriano got traded to the Cardinals. Uh, he takes his 297 bat average to St. Louis to pair with Paul Goldsmith. Uh, they got Molina, Carpenter, Bader. How good do you think the Cardinals can be, and will they be a lock for the Central in the, in the National League? Yeah. Oof. When you, when I think about how the Colorado Rockies just essentially gave away Arenado for peanuts it's it's just sad for the fans out there in Colorado like this is one of the best players to ever put on a Rockies uniform and now he's probably not even going to get to spend he might not even spend the bulk of his career as a Rocky truth be told and I think he he could be a Hall of Famer we'll see obviously cores in St. Louis are two different environments so we'll see how his we'll see how his numbers translate over but this Cardinals team I think they're the favorites to win the NL Central. They're pretty good overall. Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado, I think that's the best first and third combo in the game right now. Uh, Their outfield is pretty young, but overall the heart of their lineup is good. 
Yadier Molina, as you mentioned, he's back. I uh, love Paul DeJong, too. They're starting pitching, though, I don't think it's as good as it could be outside of Jack Flaherty. I think the back end of the rotation is weak. And I'm not going to sleep on the Milwaukee Brewers just yet. If Christian Yelich bounces back into the superstar he's been, and then you get Lorenzo Kane coming back, they have pretty good pitching as well. I think the Brewers, they're going to keep it close, but I think those are the two teams that will be battling it for the Central this season. Uh, can the Cardinals win the World Series with their current roster as it stands? Probably not, though. Yeah, uh, it's tough with the Central. I, I like the Brewers a lot. I think they have – I think the whole shortened season just did not benefit them. And the Cubs, I think, are kind of going in a downward spiral. I still think uh, Miller and Gallegos is the good for their bullpen. And then they have Dakota – I can't remember his last name, but they have some good oh, pieces yeah. in St. Louis. I think they will definitely Aaron Hicks win the Central. Or I Hicks, think, I think Jordan Hicks right is that the flamethrower reliever. He's coming back. Yeah. They, 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 uh, they're right there. I think that was a big trade for them because I think uh, Nolan is, man, he is a phenomenal hitter. I think he is one of the best, if not the best, in, in the game. Um, now, Kevin, let's talk a little bit of free agency. We mentioned before with Jake Odorizzi. What do you think that happens with with this whole situation? How long will he hold out, or, and who do you think will eventually will get him? I think he'll sign with the team late April, early May. I honestly think he'll hold out that long. It's really hard to predict what team actually signs him, though. I think the Angels, they make a lot of sense. The Oakland Athletics, at the same time, they kind of have a weak back end of the rotation, too. Maybe they decide to just pay up, or maybe he goes back to the Twins. Maybe they decide, you know what, we don't have enough, and we know what we have in Odorizzi, so we're going to sign him, but... Uh, yeah, I just, I, it's hard to really predict which team it could be because an injury could just pop up any day. Like the Astros, for example, I know one of their top pitchers, Framber Valdez, he just fractured his th- his finger and he's going to miss a number of weeks. So maybe we see Odorizzi now go sign with the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to see him go to the Angels. Uh, I think they need a frontline starter, and I want to see Mike Trout get some help, man. It's sad that his career is in his peak of his prime, and he's been MVP caliber type player, and he hasn't been in the postseason. I think it's just shameful. But hopefully um, they help him out and get some some more talent yeah. around him. Do you think Mike Trout is going to be an angel for life? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, they 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 locked him up. I mean, so I I think he likes, you know, the franchise as a whole. Um, now he was Billy Epler was a close with him, so um, their new GM I think is going to be big for him as far as you know how things play out in the future. But I think he definitely will want yeah. to stay in California, and he likes it out here. So things out here, I think he definitely will be in play for the long haul for the for the Angels. Now, now speaking of angels, uh, reports surface with Mickey Calloway of his whole alleged sexual harassment accusations. 
Uh, what do you make of this whole situation and the reports that have came out about the franchises being aware of his accusations and that it was well known that he was a frequent uh, chatter with women in the stands before games and uh, his behavior. Yeah, had been it's pretty disgusting. Condoned. The more that comes out, the more it just kind of shows how bad and just disrespectful, disrespectful, disrespectful of a person Callaway has been. Um, I think it's inevitable that he's going to be terminated by the Angels. I just it seems like it has to be at this point, mm. which is which is unfortunate because now you have to find a new pitching coach, which could just throw things off for this team. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how. Um, the Indian staff members such as Francona kind of just looked the other way when this was going on in Cleveland. It's different in a way, but at the same time, it's not. It kind of reminds me of Penn State with Joe Paterno and the the guy that I just can't, I can't remember his name, but that whole situation, it's, it's very similar, but it just shows that men, there are some men out there that just do not hold respect for women as the way it should be. And, you know, something needs to be done with sports. I think they just added a hotline where you can anonymously report these types of things that are going on. But if wow. the Mets were aware of this, I don't know how they made, they hired him in the first place to be their manager. And clearly it showed he was not competent enough for the job because he got ousted after maybe two seasons. But I, I, I I'm just, yeah. it just really pisses me off how this is still going on. Yeah, it's it's really sad, man. I mean, it's something that has been a hot button issue for the last really decade or so. I mean, every year it seems some sort of accusation of a uh, some sort of uh, male chauvinist or just kind of a pompous attitude towards uh, gender and and women in general. I just think with him, it's a lot of reports of him. <laughs> hitting on players' girlfriends yeah. and wives, and it's just ugly. So uh, the Sandusky issue you were referring to with, with Paterno, that was even more grotesque. I mean, they were dealing with kids. I mean, that's just as low as the low. So, uh, yeah, and, that, and you're right. It should be, you know, this whole thing with sports, though, Kevin, I mean, a lot of times when you play ball, it's like a band of brothers, and it's like a you know, unwritten rules and the kind of a, a thing where you don't tell certain things. But when you're in, in uh, a position of leadership and you're responsible, like uh, Francona was, you have to do the right thing. And it's it's kind of sad. But it, again, these are all allegations. We don't know the truth. So um, I think he will definitely, uh, MLB is investigating, and I believe the Angels are too. So I don't see any way he returns yeah, agree, to Ryan. the field. Now, on another note, uh, let's just go over some players, in my opinion, who could have make or break years uh, in Major League Baseball to start the season. I'm just going to give you a name and you give me your impressions okay. of what you expect from them in 21. Uh, let's start in, in Boston. Uh, third baseman Rafael Devers, 24 years old. Um, the guys just had a, a down year last year, but in the last two seasons, Devers has the most total bases uh, of any player in Major League Baseball with 471. What do you think I'm of thinking Devers? all-star. Down this this year? guy, yeah, he is really talented. And the Red Sox lineup, mm. I know their pitching is questionable, but they can put up some runs, and they're going to be 
scored a lot. Yeah. Devers is one of those guys. I think he just didn't uh, get going, you know, in the shortened season. And he was kind of where he showed a couple games where he had it, then he would just go into a funk. And I think uh, it was just one of those things. A lot of guys didn't like the whole shortened season. And baseball was the first sport to get going. And I think it affected a lot of guys mentally. So I think this time around, guys will be back to their normal selves. Um, let's go uh, with uh, Trey Turner, shortstop. Uh, I love this guy. Speed to burn. He led the National League in hits, uh, 98 OPS. Turner up or down? Trey Turner is still really good, and I haven't seen any reason to hop off yet. So I think he'll he'll be right at where he's been the last couple seasons. I think top five shortstop easily. Steals. I think steals will be down a little bit, but overall, hmm. he'll be he'll be a force. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., the 22, they say he's lost like 40, 50 pounds in the offseason. Say he's prime, he's felt the best shape of his life. How big or low will Guerrero Still waiting on him to really burst out, but you just said it, Ryan. He's still really young, and you know it's going to be there eventually. We could be a year too soon, but he's going to be a superstar within the next year, if not this season. Yeah, yeah. I, the kid is just, oh, man, his dad was unbelievable. So I think he's going to have a big year. I think his weight was an issue. So I think if he's been lifting weights and doing his cardio and he's he's doesn't have to work his way into the season to get in shape, I think it'll benefit him and he'll have a good year and he'll have a monster career for the future. Um, next guy, uh, Mike Iskrimshi. Uh, the guy, you know, the lineage is there. His grandfather was a great player. Uh, he batted 298, 10 home runs, 30 RBIs in the 72 game short of the season. Can Mike Yastrzemski keep it I'm going? I'm glad you finally brought up a player down? that I can go down on because I think the NOS, the pitching has gotten better, and that's just going to be tougher for him. It was a it was a short season, and he looks like a very good hitter, but I think he was too good last season. So I see some regression coming his way. So I'm going to go down. Okay, okay. Uh, how about Max Freed, pitcher out of in Atlanta, 27-year-old? I mean, this guy had a monster. The, the last two years, in, in 19, he had 17 wins. In the short season in 2020, he was 7-0 with a 2.25 ERA. Also garnered a gold glove. He's going to keep it going. Max, will he keep it going? He's not going to go undefeated again, of course, but... He'll probably finish the season with a, a mid three, maybe a slightly lower than that ERA. But yeah, he's a good talent for sure. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Uh, Atlanta is just has a couple guys that I think will. Um, Ozuna, I think they have some just all around. You know, Freeman's been there for a pillar for that franchise for so many years, but. Yeah, their pitching is starting to come around, and uh, I think he's going to be right there at the pinnacle of their success. Yeah, so uh, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate it, uh, Kevin. Uh, this was a, a, just a good little into it of spring training and kind of our just overall just impressions of what we can expect this season. Um Anything you want to touch on as far as some things that you've noticed just early sure. on in spring training? 
the biggest thing that I will be keeping my out eye out on is how is the how is the baseball going to be? They're saying that they're going to deaden it a little bit, which would, you would then assume means home run rates drop. But how much? This is just not being transparent. They, they're not telling us like how much they're deadening it. But they've never told us in the first place how much they're juicing it. So I'm very curious to see what the game looks like this season. Will we notice a difference? Will we not? So that's that's the big thing in Major League Baseball. And are they going to expand postseason and add a DH last second? Because they basically did that to us a year ago. So come on, Manfred, just give us the rules already. (laughs) Now, Kevin, one thing I forgot to mention to you, Jackie Bradley Jr., center fielder man the guy still has a lot left he's only 30 where where what's up with, with I this mean, i hate Why to say it, but available? i think he thinks he's better than he actually is meaning he wants too much money but as good of a defender as he's been he's just not a consistent hitter so i think i think he needs to he needs to prove it maybe sign a one-year deal hopefully they give him a couple extra million as an incentive and then go back in the free agent market because, come on, Jackie, just prove that you can hit the ball just a little better and you, you'll get paid, man. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, um, what did you make of the Bauer? And, I uh, did, yeah. I, I'm a did you follow that at all? Bauer fanatic, not in not in that way by any means, but I just I like what he's doing with baseball, how he's he's trying to get fans involved, which I think is big. And I, I like to see players, whether it's fun or serious, kind of like dabble at the opposing player. So I'm all for it. I think the Dodgers and Mets could be a potential postseason series as well. Both these guys are kind of hotheads in their own respective rights. So I'm all for it. Let's bring it on. Yeah, it got pretty intense with some of the words, man. I was... I said, these two, you see them in a the dark alley. They might and then the some, Astros some can hit it. Trash cans and then the Astros will hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be interesting when the Mets and Dodgers play. I think you're right, though. If these two teams meet in the postseason, they could be some, some pretty good baseball. Both the teams are pretty solid, man. I really like Lindor going to the Mets. And um, I think that. Uh, Pete Alonso is one of the best budding young stars in the game. Uh, I think they have a, what a really good uh, yeah. overall team, uh, uh, the Mets do. So it's going to be a big rivalry along with the, what we mentioned earlier with the Padres. I think those three teams are right there for the top teams in the National League. Well, Mr. Klein, I uh, appreciate your time, sir. Um, can you let the listeners know? You can follow exactly me on Twitter. Support Klein 25 and that's Klein spelled like Calvin Klein and you can listen to my podcast the Incline Dodgers where we just talk all thing Dodgers and we bring on sometimes former players current players people in the industry and just talk baseball and Dodgers 